Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have a very special guest for this episode. Um, she is an actress, a writer, turned adult entertainment mogul. I, I'm obsessed with this story. We're about to get into it. But like the 90s val the 90s kid raised in the valley in me. It's just like so many stories to tell here. But I'd love to introduce Maitland Ward. Hey Maitland. <laughs> Thank you. And right as you introduce me, the the sirens We're are coming. pretty corrupt, so it fits right in. <laughs> So, Maitland, I don't know where to begin. I think I need to start with, obviously, where I know you from immediately. You were in Boy Meets World. You were, yes. you were Rachel yeah. in, like, the college years, right? In the college years, yes. I, w I, I was kind of uh, brought on when there was a real turn for the show to be, like, this young, hot scene. I mean, kind of like the Friends thing that was going on back then. So uh, when they went to college, you know, they were grown up a mm -hmm. bit. It was as grown up as Disney would let you be, but <laughs> it, they weren't children anymore. Yeah. So um, so it was fun that I was able to be the roommate of Eric and Jack, who had been these bachelors living in this apartment. And they needed to bring somebody in to, you know, spice things up for them, make them, you know, fight over somebody. And so I was kind of, it was like this three's company sort of situation. Oh, yeah. And that was like Will Fredel and a Lawrence Will brother. Fredel, yes. Yes. And, and Matt Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was like a Lawrence brother. I knew it was one of them. They were, yeah. Eric and Jack were. <laughs> <laughs> and so on there, so you were, so you were like in the Disney system, right? But that, that, was that your first role acting or you started? No, that was not my first role. I when I was in high school, um, when I got was like 16, I got cast as on the bold and beautiful mm -hmm. for like, and I was on there for about three years. So, um, that was, I went to high school at the same time and I, it was really cool because a lot of people have to leave regular school when they're working like younger mm -hmm. people who are underage. Um, and they get, you know, tutored on the set or they have a school classroom. And I did that too. I had an amazing tutor, but I was able to go to high school half the time. So I'd like work three days a week and then I'd go to school. So it was kind of like the best of both worlds. And in that way that, um, you know, I could, I could just, you know, go into school and have some fun times and, and get to go to the prom and be valedictorian, <laughs> like, you know, but then I was also able to work on the show, which was great. It's like with soap operas, that's like pretty intense acting. I mean, the schedule is like so it's really intense. It's really intense, and there's a, a lot of pages every day, especially back then. I think soaps have uh, – uh, they're not the same as they used to be because there's so, there so few of them, actually. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I feel bad because there were so many good, talented actors and shows. And Yeah. Um, but it's when we were doing, we were doing like two th shows in three days. And like, you think of a sitcom and they do one show a week mm -hmm. and then they, t you know, do however many shows a year. I think of Boy Meets World, we did like 20 some shows a year, but I was doing, you know, two shows in three days, three shows in two days on Bold and Beautiful. So we, and that's a lot of pages of dialogue. Yeah. Um, so it was really a training ground to be on your toes and have your material ready and 
you know, just be able to perform and very dramatically perform mm. and have tears and emotion and um, all the things that people love so much. Yeah. I mean, like, I know you, like you said, constant dialogue and hitting your mark. It's intense, but it's like a great training ground. I mean, if you can handle that, you can yes. do. Yeah, it was great. Like we would take our, and they had changes at the last minute. So you'd take your script on the set and you'd write down your changes and all the scripts were like under the seat cushions while the scenes were being filmed. Mm. Like under seat cushions, under the couch, somewhere where it was hidden so you could pull it out for the next scene because you just look. I remember actually looking at the scripts and being like all these changes and everything and just like memorizing and like photo memorizing them and then putting them down and just go. Wow. Like just you know it in your head and then leave it right away. You just let it go right afterwards. Wow. But um. <laughs> that's cool too because if you went to, I'm, I'm just trying to think because you, you, you've had this like career that spans from child actor to Disney star to um, the adult industry. But doing things like um, you stayed in school part of the time, and you're from Long Beach, right? Yes, I'm from Long Beach, California, which is a suburb of Los yeah. Angeles. So if there's no traffic, you can get there in about 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like do, from but doing things, so did you live at home when you were like acting in high school? Definitely when I was on the soap opera, uh, when I got on Bo uh, Boy Meets World, I moved to Los Angeles. But, um, yeah, I was definitely at home when I was a soap opera star. So uh, that, that, was, that probably kept you kind of grounded because, I mean, like you didn't get chewed up. You know, my, my immediate reference yeah. for like a, a, an actress that age who may have gone wrong, like say Lindsay Lohan, you didn't get caught up yeah. in that or in the nightlife or the that kind of a no I did not I I really did not I had you know yeah I had the family home life and the school life and everything and a lot of people on the set were very protective mm. of me it was they were very worried that I was going to be corrupted mm. <laughs> and like the older actors always watching over me so, you know, to, to a point where they didn't have yeah. to, <laughs> but you love them for it. But <laughs> like, they were always worried I was going to go out and be crazy. Um, so yeah, but it, you're right. I did have, I did have a lot of grounding at home right. and everything. Some like before, structure. You know, while I was being active. Yeah. yeah. And then, so when did you start? So you left, you were on Bold and Beautiful for like two years. When did you transition to Boy Meets World? Uh, I'd say I was, yeah, I was on, uh, Bold and Beautiful about three years and, um, and then there was like a year or so period in between about a year. Like, and I did some other stuff. I did episodic work and I, you know, pilot stuff and film independent kind of film stuff. And then, yeah, I, but it wasn't that long between Bold and Beautiful and Boy Meets mm -hmm. World. Um, but I changed my whole look at that time. I had done... You know, I was like, had was short red hair when I went in to audition for, um, I didn't audition for Boy Meets World. I auditioned for Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane, which was a pilot at that time that Michael Jacobs, the executive producer for Boy Meets World mm -hmm. and his team were putting up. They were for pilot season and I had gone in for that. And in the end, he brought me in for, to 
be this new character of Rachel. I mean, they had an idea to have a, like I said, for the bachelor pad, they had an idea to bring a girl in and have them fight over the girl and everything and have kind of a rivalry and, and to mix things up because it was just the two of them there. So it could kind of, you know, spice it up. But they hadn't put out auditions or anything for the role. Uh, but he said when he saw me, he was like, that's it. We're going to do it. Like, this is our this is our roommate. So, um, yes, yeah, so it wasn't that long after that. But I felt like I was uh, a different person than I was when I was on uh, Bold and Beautiful. I mean, again, yeah, I was out of high school. I was... Uh, I was on like living on my own and I, you know, so I felt a little more grown up at that period of time, even though I was so young. <laughs> yeah. At, I felt so grown yeah, up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have, you have like TV money coming in, you're at your own place. <laughs> um, did you ever party with the cast? Cause I know I've seen, I've read two, um, like Daniel Fischel's book and I've honestly heard from friends, some personal stories of her around town. Like pretty nothing, nothing. She was a real yeah, 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 yeah. You know it's funny, and now she is so straight laced. <laughs> like it's funny because I remember we, she partied a lot back in the day. I mean, it was she was a young girl in Hollywood. I'm not gonna like judge her or fault or anything for that, but she definitely hit the clubs in the scene. Ever. I was not. It was so funny because she was younger than me. Oh, she's still younger than me, mm. but it doesn't feel as big of a gap anymore. But like being when she was like 18 and I was 21, 22, it felt like it was such a, I was the older person. Yeah. At that, <laughs> at that but now it doesn't seem like anything, but, but so I, yeah, I felt like I wasn't, I was, I've never been that kind of person to be like out at the clubs all the time. I mean, I can have fun and I'm, and, you know, I'm, I'm wild. Everyone knows I'm wild. I don't have to prove mm -hmm. that, but, but I think I'm wild in a different way than, traditionally like young Hollywood actors have been. I'm not interested in like doing a lot of club yeah. or anything. Uh, it was, so, but yeah, oh, you heard stories about her. Oh, you, it's been around. You might know more than me. <laughs> well, a lot of times on this show, I just am like, I'm going to preface this with allegedly. Let's sprinkle this all over. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I don't want to get sued. I have. I don't think that's so bad, though, saying you partied when you were yeah. young. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> like, you came out of yeah. it. <laughs> so on that show, what was it, what was it like? Ben did a lot of partying Who? too. Ben was a real party. Really? Like, he might still be a real partier. Ben. Really? Yeah. I mean, he, he, he definitely. They all hit. I know. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's won yet, but I think he was running for like mayor or council. No, he did not oh. win. Unfortunately, unfortunately, there was a lot of people running for that too. That uh, yeah, because we had the election night. Um, God, when was it? A couple weeks ago or something? Um, but yeah. He was running. I yeah. know he was very into politics. And stuff, I still so. think on that with that show because it was such a part of my like childhood. Um, I still think of the some of the people as so like I had to think of his name as Ben because in my head he's Corey Matthews. And then, oh yeah, I know, and I do that because I think of them as real people. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what was the characters' names? That's right. What is it? <laughs> I was like, I do the opposite. Yeah, it's like I was like uh, going through. It's like there's Mr. Feeney, there's uh, yeah, Topanga. Like I had to think like Danielle Fischel. Yeah, it's foreign to me. I know her as Topanga. <laughs> I think they made up her name. I heard, I heard the story that they actually named her because they couldn't think of a name for her character. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they were driving literally down the freeway and they saw Topanga Canyon. It's perfect. They like that. <laughs> Topanga. What an original name. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Did you didn't know after, so like out with Boy Meets World, you were in the Disney system at that point. But then, like, did you have any kind of those stories that other experiences that other, um, yeah, well, you were, you said you were about 21 when you were, so you weren't like one of those teen, like Hillary yeah. Duff, Lohan products of Disney, right? Yeah. But, you know, that system back then was all very much the same towards young women. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't speak as being an underage woman at the time, but our underage girl, but like being a young woman, like there was instances, like I talk about in my book, um, where I had to like try on lingerie for the producers for my lingerie see over and over and over again. And it was just, it was just this mindset that that's what you do and that that's appropriate. And I thought, oh, I need to please them and I need to look good for them and I need to, you know, look cute. And I hope they like me and think I'm sexy enough. Mm. And it was funny because my character was always playing these uh, sexual undertones with her character. Like she was always after the boy. There was a laundry room scene where I, you know, seduce Will and seduce Eric mm -hmm. <laughs> and put him on the dryer on fluff and he's getting buzzed all on his bottom. And <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the instigator of all this. So my character was very much the flirty, sexy kind of one. Uh, but at the same time in real life, I was um, told, you know, you can't be sexy and do those kinds of things in your real life or you're desperate and you're, you need to be a serious actress, but it's okay. Like if, if, Disney producers tell you to do it. Did, and I think that's a mindset for a lot of young people at the time. That's what happened. Did they have, like it was just, did they have, because you were on Disney, was there like some kind of uh, company image control for your private life? So that things, I mean now, yes. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, yeah, they definitely wanted you to stay like a certain way and fit into a certain box. Um, uh, at that point, I didn't really cross any lines and I would like I was, you know, if I wore like a crop top or went, you know, a sexy little cute thing, they'd be like, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't mm -hmm. wear that. And I followed those rules. I was like, oh, well, I, I want to please them and stuff. So I didn't really step outside the lines back then or I tried not to. I tried to please everyone on all fronts and be this kind of good image and um so, but yes, definitely they had, they would freak out if they, you know, if you did anything too sexy or uh, what was not considered on brand, they would really freak out on you. One cool thing about the, at the time you were on too, with that whole image thing is probably, I'm guessing, well, like you said, you weren't at the clubs the way maybe, <laughs> maybe Topanga was. <laughs> I mean, I did go, but I wasn't somebody who was hanging out all the time at the clubs. Like, you know, back then that clubs were everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think I was cool enough to find, mm -hmm. to get in the great clubs <laughs> like all the time, like every night. But you also didn't I, have I didn't like camera that. phones back then, and social media. I know that's, that's a huge thing. And people could go into those and they'd go. And I know a lot of actually paparazzi and, and red carpet photographers who uh, talk about those times where 
they would go out to the clubs and get all the photos of the sexy girls and they'd be wild and there'd be so much stuff going on. But then once they went in the club, it was, they, it was pretty private. Yeah, it was like a so Now they couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it with the phones and everything. Oh yeah. Can you imagine a, actually, I don't even, I'm so, I'm 36. I don't know any current Disney kids. I was like, could you imagine if you had a picture or a video on TikTok of them like doing yeah. blow and a cut that? I don't even know their names to rap. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And there was, I'm sure there was a ton of that, but nobody had it documented. And that's kind of sad because I think a lot of young people, like with all of these cam- with cameras and the phones and pictures and everything, they, um, they aren't able to kind of live and make mistakes and, you know, just be young and crazy and yeah, they get, you know, called out. It's everything's in, on the internet forever. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so we lived in, a, we actually lived kind of in a lucky time and too, like in some ways and in some ways it was oppressive, but. And with like now too, social media is so much a part of everyone's brand. So they're kind of responsible mm-hmm. to expose themselves, their private lives to the public. You can't just be like an actor or an actress and that's your job on camera. And then your private life is private. Mm-hmm. The whole, you, at least you're expected to give the whole package of your Instagram. And all things right. like that. And that's how you get, you know, known and get more followers and get more fans and, and they look at all the social media stuff now on any projects yeah. and everything. And you have to have a certain amount of following and you have to um, really engage with the audience. And that was what's funny with uh, with Boy Meets World back then. We knew, we knew it was popular. It had been on for a long time and it kept getting renewed and people liked it. But we had no idea like how much it meant to especially a younger audience growing up. There was no Twitter or anything for us to interact immediately with the fans or Instagram or TikTok or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So we didn't have really an idea of how popular it really was. I mean, all we had was the ratings. Mm. (laughs) And if some, if fans came to like a teen event or something that Mm -hmm. we went to it, and and that's true for like the whole cast. I remember talking with everyone like, um, Oh, when the, the new show girl meets world, the spinoff Mm -hmm. came off and we, and there was such renewed interest in the old cast of the show and, and people just came forward in droves and the press was so interested and people would come and see how much it meant to them. We were like, wow, we, like we never knew it was that like iconic to people. You, and that's really cool. And I, it's really awesome that it made such you a You're a part of like TGIF, right? ABC's TGIF yeah. lineup. I mean, yeah, 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 that was, that was like the hot weekend I mean, night yeah. for kids. <laughs> That was everything. People stayed home for, on Friday nights and they watched the lineup. Yeah. And they like in the really old school, like, well, not really old school, but that was like the full house kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then Boy Meets World was after that. Yeah. But so like, um, yeah. So with, after this, we know you, I guess we're about to dive into the second half of your career, which <laughs> is so cool too. Um, you, so you moved on if they don't know already. Um, you are one of the highest paid adult um, entertainers in the country, right? You've transitioned from in the world. world. <laughs> I love that even yeah. more. <laughs> that's so cool. But um, so you 
But where you got your start with that, because we were just talking about how social media is part of now uh, just a mainstream actor's brand, but you actually got your start in adult entertainment through things like getting noticed on Instagram and Snapchat, right? Yes. How did yes, that go? Snapchat. Snapchat was a big deal back in the... Well, it was after when, like I was saying before, when Girl Meets World came back and all the renewed interest in the show... I, I was still being told by everyone, you need to be this Disney person. You need to stay within a box. And I was, uh, I was really, um, you know, just, yeah, I hated being in this, this box and like not being able to be myself and, and feel like I could just, yeah, be my authentic self. And that's when social media was really starting to take hold in a serious way and Instagram was growing and I got on so and Snapchat and I was seeing that, wait, people are telling me you have to do this Disney persona and, and basically beg to be on girl meets world in, in an episode and go back to your character and your, and all of that. But I was seeing that, wait, my fans are interested in things that I like, like doing cosplay and doing, um, you know, like sexy photo setups and funny things and like just all just all my, uh, my just stuff I like to do. And I, and I really saw my audience growing there and growing in a different way. And the first time I saw that it was really changing. I was at a Comic-Con, the San Diego Comic-Con and, um, a fan came up to me and said, I just love your work. And I was like, Oh, I think, you know, you may like my cosplay, mm. but he's, he's probably a boy meets world fan. He's like, I love you on Snapchat. <laughs> and, I saw that people were watching it like, like they would television yeah. or, and they were engaged with it. And that's what they do now with like you know, social media, with Instagram, with TikTok especially. And, and that's really how I grew my audience. And I started finding myself and finding out who I wanted to be as a performer and mm -hmm. entertainer. And I started doing more racier and racier stuff. And then I kept getting, well, social media, again, started getting stricter and stricter, mm. and they started kicking me off. <laughs> and then I, that's when I went to make my own content and my own paid content. Well, it does give you um, freedom, like creativity. I, I treat, like, Twitter is where um, my – Twitter is kind of where I got uh, discovered and where I, what I enjoy the most – and I treat it like an open mic mm -hmm. and like, it's low pressure. Like you said, you can yeah. get creative, kind of find your niche, find your audience and just like you were able to express yourself in a way, maybe a big TV production could gave you that power. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was in control of it instead of like producers or a network or anything. And, and it's so crazy that I was told for so long, like, no, people will not like you if you are this way, or if you are yourself this way. And then I found, wait, they were lying to yeah. me or they just wanted, they were just telling me this to keep me in that box, but it's not true because people do like to see me this way. Right. So they can market um, you for themselves. That's why. Themselves. Yeah. They're kind of yes. trying to hold you back and box you in so that you can uh, Right. Yeah. And I think that's true. That's true in uh, so many professions and mm -hmm. so many uh, like aspects of life. I think that's why um, I really think my story or what happened to me in my transition, people might think, oh, 
I'm not going to be an adult film star. That's just wild and crazy and all that. And so I, how can I identify with that? But I really think people can identify with being told for so long, you can't do something. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you have to be a certain way. You have to fit, you know, check these boxes off and be this way for other people or whoever it is. So, um, I think it's really like my story and my journey is about, you know, saying yes to yourself and not listening to the naysayers. Yeah. I mean, you were able to kind of, by pursuing, you took control of your content and mm-hmm. through not only control, and so you have control, but you also have creative freedom and that's built an empire for you. Mm-hmm which is something people don't understand because I know when I first thought, I'm sure there are people out there who are like um, thinking former child star, adult actress, one of those Rocky stories, but yours is one of empowerment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was so positive. It was. No, it's true. And it's funny when people say, oh, somebody, you, she was so desperate to have to do that. It's like, have to do that. What to have to make way more money than I ever did in mainstream to have so many more opportunities to have control over my own brand, to have like, you're right, like building an, you know, an empire for yourself. Um, and I think, well, I think people say that too, because they just don't know. And they also like to, they don't, you know, I don't know why they do. <laughs> There's just people that, that like to be, you know, not nice. Yeah. Do you ever deal? <laughs> but they don't understand too. They don't see what it is. Well, do you ever deal with people who, cause I deal this with, or I've witnessed this with um, dealing with things like uh, real housewives. Some of, you know, some are former soap opera, oh, yeah. soap opera actresses and stuff. And there is, you know, there's, ma- there's yes. mainstream Hollywood scripted and then they look down mm-hmm. on reality and then you have these actresses who've shifted to reality yes and and yes and that's so true that's good you brought that up because i always think that the adult industry and soap operas are extremely similar mm-hmm. like i have a very similar experience in both of those places aside from the sex mm-hmm. but yeah. but even that we had a lot of like love scenes and a lot of like very much more racy stuff than some nighttime stuff would do, or especially Disney stuff. But, um, but you're right. It's looked down upon. It's other than it's put to the side. And that's true with reality TV. I don't have the experience in reality TV to to speak from, but I can totally see that. But as soap operas, it was always, um, they wouldn't give it the respect that they deserved. Mm -hmm. And, and so many people watch these shows and, and like reality TV, it's huge. But this this mainstream elite is looks down on it, and um, yeah. So I, I yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's kind of the same. We're both same branches of this snooty system. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get? Is it fun? Like I'm sure there are people you've worked with when you were acting who maybe, at least at first, now they know how huge your career is. But um, do you think they kind of laughed? Or like look down on like, like, and that you're, it's so lucrative. You know, what's funny. Uh, That's true. that (laughs) That you bring that up. I don't know if it was laughing as much as I think, is she crazy? Like what has happened to her? But you're right. Now that they've seen my success and, and what I'm doing, they're like, whoa, this is, I'm, I'm like, you know, they're really kind of blown away by it. Um, so I think they finally see like, 
what I've been doing and, and what I've been trying to create and stuff. And, and I've had a lot more positive feedback since I've had a lot of success. Uh, when I probably, when I was doing those things in the beginning, like the sexy stuff on my Instagram and all, you know, all the things leading up to it or doing my own content, people were probably like, what is going on with that girl? <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you're right. Now they're kind of like, even, um, I, it was interesting because I had a great conversation post my book, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the executive producer of Boy Meets World. And we like talked out a lot of stuff from, you know, the past. Cause, um, he's definitely figures into my book a lot. Um, but even he was very proud of me and he was saying like, you know, you've, you've done something so original and I'm really proud of you for, you know, going your own way and building your brand like that and stuff. So that was really good to hear. And I think that a lot of people have been like that, but yeah, in the beginning they were, they yeah. thought I was nuts. Now you kind of have <laughs> mainstream actresses dabbling in OnlyFans. I mean, just for fun. Yes. I know you, you said, I saw in an interview, you make like, I hate to mention numbers, but you make like six figures a month off OnlyFans alone, right? Yes, OnlyFans is my main, like, amazing, uh, you know, revenue stream. And that's really where, like, I, you know, I sell all my content. And uh, so, yeah. And there, oh, yeah. And during the pandemic, the mainstream actors and stuff really tried to capitalize on OnlyFans. It was interesting during the pandemic, like, OnlyFans exploded, Mm. like, with so many people on it. I think now, um, it's, it's kind of leveled off into, it's good. Great. It's a great, um, but I think like some of the creators who were like just teachers coming on trying to make some money or like a nurse or who didn't, wasn't really serious about it. I think they've kind of fallen off and all of us creators who have really built a business Mm. out of it and brands are, have, have, you know, Excel. So I think there was a time, maybe I would say about six months ago in the past year where I was like, everyone seems to be dabbling in it. And I'm like, what if I did it for shock? But yes, everyone, it was like, yeah, you'd see, I mean, anyone thought that they could make, and I always, I find these funny, like these videos and stuff like they'll have on TikTok and stuff where they're like, oh, well now we have to sell our, we were poor. Now we have to sell our feet pictures on OnlyFans. And it's like, you have to do that. You would be so lucky if people want to pay to see your feet and you would be so lucky if you could make exponentially more than you ever made at whatever job that you lost. It's it's kind of like podcasting. It seems simple. It's not. There are lots of competition. Give everyone a few months and a lot of people will lose interest or give up. It's not as easy. Right. Right. Um, in the, it's not. Yeah. It has to be serious. I was yeah. curious, like in the adult industry, like as we were talking about the parallels between the different, um, you know, mainstream reality adult. In the adult industry, do you have things like managers and agents or do you handle that yourself? I was always curious. I, I personally... I personally don't have an agent in the uh, industry. In the beginning, I did sort of, but I've worked exclusively with um, Deeper.com and Vixen, mm-hmm. who um, Deeper is a brand of Vixen. Mm-hmm. Media Group. So, um, so I've worked exclusively with them under contract for the last three years as doing 
the professional adult films. Um, so no, but there are agencies there. They're definitely, I think girls, when they're coming into the industry, they definitely end up, I won't say better, but more, I guess, well handled if they have like a strong agency behind them to, mm-hmm. to, you know, watch out for them and to get the roles that are good and that are like not, uh, you know, that are, they're going to advance their career mm-hmm. and not harm them or anything. So, um, so I think that's very that's very helpful. And the agencies do a really good job of that. Um, yeah. Cause I came into it for, from a different angle. So I really never really needed that agency yeah. attention. It was more, uh, I just had to kind of pick and choose what I wanted to do. And I fell into a meeting Caden Cross at deeper. So, so early in my journey into adults that, uh, you know, we started making fully scripted films and stuff right off the bat. So um, I was very fortunate in that way. Yeah. I mean, Sue, cause you too, also you came in with like real industry experience and like, uh, it's so, cause I was thinking, yeah. like, and I have to say, like, I, I say this a thousand times on every episode, I'm straight up from the Valley. It, when I grew up and so, <laughs> straight up so like I grew up around like, <laughs> um, like my first job, uh, Steve Hirsch used to come in. He's the founder of Vivid. And so that was a thing. Yeah, and this was like yeah. mid-2000s. And I'd say two two girls from my high school went on to secretly do um, porn. And that was the rumors. It was shocking. I, I, I don't think much came of it, but I knew. I mean, it was just kind of common. Okay, work. so they weren't like huge porn. Yeah, like, you know, you would see these, my friends and neighbor my friends in Chatsworth or Northridge and they're like meta oh yeah and they're like yeah. Mediterranean mock med McMansions and then there'd be a film crew out but uh-huh. it wasn't Julia Roberts or George Clooney you know what I mean like it would be so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I grew up seeing like be film you know things like that but that was like a different that was say mid mid 2000s it's different now, like, as you said, oh, you yeah. harness social media and you come in with, like, experience and, like, what we built. It's, like, a totally yeah. different era. Not era. Yeah, it's it, it phase. Is yeah, back then, girls would just, yeah. It gives you guys the power. I, mean, I like that. that. Yeah. Like, you all harness. It really does because it's, it's changed and shifted from having, giving the studios and the people casting for porn and stuff all of the control and now girls who, you know, they have their only fans and they're doing well, they'll turn down a lot of jobs and they'll say, I can make more money being in my bedroom, just filming myself and, you know, doing a live show and, and camming or whatever you're doing for your mm. only fans and for your camming and stuff. Um, so yeah, that really did put a ton of control in the hands of the creators. Mm-hmm. And how did the book come about? Cause uh, you have a book out, right? It's like a memoir. Would you yes. call it a memoir? Or a, it's my memoir. Mm, rated X. Yes. Yeah, my memoir. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. I actually, it was it was during the pandemic. I mean, I'm, I'm a writer at heart mm-hmm. n- normally. I took screenwriting actually at UCLA for two Go years. Go Bruins. Um, yeah. My dad was actually a Bruin too, like a full-on Bruin. Oh, excuse me, I hit this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. So I had uh, been on a podcast, a podcast mm-hmm. with a woman about, she was very much about female financial empowerment. And I was talking kind of about OnlyFans and about, you know, the pandemic and how it's affecting performers and women and how, you know, OnlyFans was blowing up at the time. And I mean, I mentioned that really in the future, I wanted to write uh, erotic stories and, and, and do erotic fiction. And I wanted to also write my story because I believed that my story was like no other story that anybody had being coming from Disney and having, I mean, there's so many like people who have like sex tapes and they're ashamed by them and they, you know, they, they make a huge deal of it, but I actually created a a huge brand and a professional career Mm -hmm. out of this and in a big way. And so I really wanted to tell my story and I had a lot to tell and I mentioned it and talked a little bit about that on the podcast and an agent heard me and she contacted me and said, I really think you can get a proposal together. And I was, I wasn't, I was thinking down the road a little bit, but she was like, let's, let's do this. And this was at the end of 2020. And at the beginning of 2021, I got a deal with Simon and Schuster um, and to start writing. And then my like March, I started writing like March 1st. I, uh, and so, and I did not have a ghostwriter at all. Uh-huh. It was just me and my wonderful editor. Um, and I wrote from about March to August and that was, it was such a cathartic experience. And I do recommend everyone to write their entire life story out or journal it or whatever. You're going to look back and just see things in your life in a totally different way when you're have you're removed from it and you you know you're older and you can wiser I guess but you can see like just things in your life so clearly that you didn't see at the time and um yeah so that was just a, a wild experience because I had written in the past a lot of you know fiction stuff mm. and stuff but to write about yourself is just an another otherworldly experience I would say <laughs> Uh, I like the subtitle of it, too, because it's kind of what we're talking about. It's rated X, how porn liberated me from Hollywood. Because it's true. Like we were saying, it's kind of been a big step up for you. I mean, I'm sure you're making a lot more than you did off of Boy Meets World and things like that. And controlling your own destiny with it. Yes. And I, for a long time, past Boy Meets World and everything, when I was still trying to gain so much approval from Hollywood and from what I considered mainstream, I was not being true to myself. And and I just didn't feel successful. And I felt like I was always trying to, you know, attain something I couldn't. And then now that I have like and I'm doing my own thing and I have my own branding and my own content and everything. Uh, I really feel empowered and people treat me with more respect now Mm. than they did when I was just trying to beg for their, you know, you know, appreciation or like beg for some sort of recognition from them. You're not like chasing audition. They're like, wow, she really did something. Yeah. I mean, you're not like uh, chasing roles. You're not, you know, mm-hmm. how would I put it? You kind of have your own approval. You know, you're not chasing that approval. Yeah. You're the one in control. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't need someone else to facilitate that mm-hmm. for me. And I think that's what the most empowering thing is. 
not saying that I wouldn't work for other people, but it's, it's just different yeah. because when you have your own thing and you have experienced like just being empowered like that, everything you do is colored with that. So I really feel like I'm a different person. And that was the liberation that porn gave me from the old Hollywood system. And would you ever go, I don't mean go back, like necessarily leave your business behind, but would you do roles in mainstream again? Is it, I guess you don't really need. Yes, absolutely. And I, yeah. And you know what? I was, I was talking to someone who said, you know, well, actually, it was Michael, Michael, the executive producer, and he was saying, you know what, I always consider you, you're an actress. Mm-hmm. No matter what genre or realm you're in, that's what you are. You're an actress and you're creating, you know, recreating your projects and, and everything, and that's who you are. So no matter what genre you're in, that's what it should be. And he, was, he reprimanded me for saying um, – for saying mainstream and adult film. And I was just, to, I do that to differentiate mm-hmm. between the two and everyone else really does. Cause it's hard to, you know, say, Oh, this is adult. This is mainstream. And I know people in the industry very much do mm-hmm. that in every day. They're always saying adult mainstream and it's mainstream is something unattainable or whatever. But he was like, do not say that. Do not make yourself other than this other industry. You are acting no matter what. It's just, an arm of the industry. Like you were saying, like how reality is looked down upon. Soap operas are looked down upon by who beat these, this, this, you know, gods of the industry. It's really ridiculous. We're all of equal value. And I think that's a really good thing to get into your mindset. And I actually tell that to younger performers and stuff to stop saying that you're something other than valid Mm -hmm. or something other than what is considered good. Yeah. (laughs) you're, you know. And so where can people get your book? It's, uh, I just want to say again, it's called um, Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. And it's um, released, published yeah. by Simon & Schuster, right? Yes, you can get it anywhere. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all the places, <laughs> <laughs> your bookstore. <laughs> and the audio book and the, you know, Kindle or <laughs> Awesome. The audiobook was wild. I had to, I, I, oh, you do it yourself? And yes. And it was like I was in the studio for about, about four days, like five hours a day. And oh my gosh, my, my jaw, like under my tongue, I never even knew this muscle existed, but I was so tired and sore. It was like swollen by the, as I, as I progressed into this, this journey of the audiobook um, towards the end. And I was, I had throat coat tea with honey every day, like just constantly, but it turned out great. And I'm, and I really loved doing mm-hmm. it. I do. I love reading stories and I think people enjoyed hearing me read my own. Yeah, story. I, lo- I love your book. Like I said, I'm all, especially on this show, we're always trying to take people inside the reality of the entertainment industry. Uh-huh. And you have such, not just a unique path, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, you're kind of a trailblazer here with this because you took control back and you took it in such a different direction and came out on top. That's what I love about it. Mm -hmm. So where where can people, uh, where can people (laughs) follow you? you? 
Oh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all those as Maitland Ward, just my name, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D-W-A-R-D. And I do have a TikTok now. I'm still just getting into it. It's Maitland Talks, T-O-K-S, because somebody else has my name and we're working on that. Okay. <laughs> you know, these imposters. That's how I go. But yeah, so I'm dumb. I'm testing my waters with Maitland Talks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. I got on, I got a big audience on Twitter using other celebrities names as a joke and it just grew so i'm one of those annoying people who oh registers God. names yeah. yeah oh boy yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much oh, for coming yeah. on i really <laughs> appreciate it thank you